0: Last year, the Florida Gators offensive line was the strength of this team. That whole O-line basically is pretty much gone. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to, yes, another bonus episode of Locked On Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast and network your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, we're running two a days until the start of the season. We got two episodes coming out Monday through Friday. It's 8 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on YouTube, and, and we got these two days going until next Wednesday. So August thirtieth is going to be the last day of two a days. Then, of course, we got Thursday show, Thursday post game live stream. It's going to be a beautiful thing. I can't wait for it. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And now we're talking about the offensive line today for for our second or for our second episode of the day the back half of our two a day, there was a ton of turnover from this Florida Gators offensive line from last year. You lost starters in Richard garage, Ethan white, Osiris Torrance and Michael Tarquin. You, you lost all those guys. And that was not in order of like, these are the best. It was just a left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle, because the only returning starter for the Gators in 2023 Kingsley league walk-in. Yes, your left tackle this year is going to be Austin Barber. And yeah, he played a lot last year. He was not a full-time starter. When Richard Garage was healthy, he started at left tackle. When Michael Tarpon was healthy, he started a right tackle. Austin Barber was the next man to rotate in at those spots. But that, that's still what you're losing, is all that experience. All-American, Osiris Torrance, all-SEC, Ethan White. And then Florida did a very good job, I think, of replacing immediate needs in the transfer portal, or at least attempting to replace immediate needs in the transfer portal. For Florida, you lost Osiris Torrens, who is just as elite as they come, okay? All-American guard. He was, according to Pro Football Focus, the top guard in the country last season. You can't replace it. Like, you can't replace him with an upgrade. What you can do is what Billy Napier, Rob Sill, Darnell Stapleton, and this Florida Gators staff did, which is replace the best guard in the country, according to Pro Football Focus, and my opinion, and replace him with the second best guard in the country, according to Pro Football Focus, in Micah Mazuka out of Baylor. So, so you've got Micah Mazuka, who played left guard, but is expected to be right guard here. In Gainesville, and yes, it is difficult to switch from left to right. But as a guard, it's a little bit easier than a tackle. I, I will say that, so I'm not too worried about that transition. Then you also went to the SEC and brought in Damian George from Alabama, who is competing for the right tackle spot. Wouldn't shock me if he were to lose that battle. I'm not saying it wouldn't shock me if he lost that battle. If he were to lose that battle, it wouldn't shock me if they tried bumping him into the interior, because I think that the Florida Gators' plan is to go, hey, let's get the five best offensive linemen on the field as often as we can. And if Damian George can play inside, then he will do so. You also brought in Lindell Hudson from Florida International, FIU, who he missed a couple of weeks with a concussion after a car accident, so there's that, because I mean, he, he missed a little bit of time as he's competing for that right tackle spot. And then Florida also went into the transfer portal to bring in Keontae Goodwin, who was from Kentucky. Uh, He transferred to Florida, then his mom got sick. And so he, unfortunately for Florida, left the program um, because he wanted to be closer to home, which is totally understandable there, but so Keonta Goodman was one of the guys coming in that was going to compete for that right tackle spot. He is no longer here. Micah Mazuka finally got cleared. He transferred to his like, time in Gainesville has already been rather tumultuous, we'll say. Transferred to Gainesville, uh, found an injury. He said he was going to hit the portal again and then rescinded it. And then he finally got cleared he went through all the fall camp without being cleared. Then he finally got cleared is back and so Mike Mazuka looks like he's going to be able to play week one eight days against Utah. So yeah, you, you lost Richard Garage. You're replacing his left tackle spot with Austin Barber. I'm comfortable with that. I think that's an upgrade. You lost left guard Ethan White. We'll see who's going to replace him right now. There's there's quite a few options that are out there, but we'll see who's going to replace him definitively. Kingsley Okwakan, your center from last year, is back this year. Currently dealing with a, an ankle injury that we'll see if he's going to be available versus Utah. Right guard, Osiris Torrance, best guard in the country, according to the Pro Football Focus last year. You're replacing him with Micah Mizuka, second best guard in the country, according to the Pro Football Focus last year. And then right tackle, you have a competition trying to decide who's going to be starting there. And, and who's going to be rounding out that offensive line. We do have to talk about the true freshmen that are coming in as well. Before I talk about them, though, if you're watching or listening and you haven't worn bird dogs yet, I got no clue what you're doing. Honestly, your decision-making is questionable at best. Bird dogs are easily the most comfortable shorts that I've ever worn. They're the most versatile shorts that I've ever worn. And their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. And I've mentioned it before like, I'm bottom heavy. My my thighs are relatively big. So, skies out, thighs out. I love them. You, you can make them look better. Thank you. Dig it. Go, come on. <laughs> Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college or Enter promo code Lockdown College for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash Lockdown College or promo code Lockdown College for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Please do be sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, if you've watched Swamp Kings, let me know what you think of it because I I loved it. I knew what to expect, and I loved it. So let me know what you think about it below. But looking at this 2023 Florida Gators class, they brought in four freshmen along the offensive line. Roger Kearney is, I'm just going to be completely honest, he was the highest rated of the group, but he's also my personal favorite of the group. I was pissed when he went to Florida State, flipped to Florida. So it made me happy there. But Rod Kearney is someone that I think truly can play at three spots along the interior. He, I think he can play any of the guard spots and center. I, I think he's better at guard, but that's, I'm not in that coaching meeting. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a part of that, but Rod Kearney, someone that I think is very talented. I'm very much looking forward to watching what he can become because I think he can contribute right away. But of course, SEC is kind of really difficult for an offensive lineman to just jump in as a true freshman and contribute and be good at it. So Rod Kearney, we'll see what he becomes, but he's he's the highest rated, and again, he's my personal favorite based on the film of this entire offensive line group. He's one of my favorite commits in this 2023 class period. He's one of the highest rated commits in the class also, but Rod Kearney is someone that I have incredibly high hopes for. Najee Harris is another Florida Gators commit here. He's on freshman All-American teams. Could be in for some very early playing time. Like they, they like Najee Harris a lot. And I liked his film. I didn't think that that uh, I like when watching Rod Kearney or Najee Harris, I wasn't like, Oh yeah. Najee's the dude. I thought it was Rod Kearney, but his coaching staff loves what Najee's doing. He's putting in the work. He's developing early. He's becoming someone where before the end of the season, I think his coaching staff's going to be like, all right, dude, like we have to play him. And that's always a good thing to have where it's like, yeah, we have to play this true freshman. Like he's impressing that much. We have to play. So Najee Harris could be in for some very early playing time on this offensive line. And again, freshman All-American like preseason team, which I'm not one to put much stock in that because, I again, it's preseason. These things are wrong all the time. But I think that just goes to show like this is the kind of impact he's having early on throughout his college career where people like nationally sec true freshman offensive lineman is going to be on the all-american team that's tough like like that that's tough just gonna say that caden jones was a mid-year enrollee which for me means i don't expect him to play much at all this season i just don't expect much from mid-year enrollees especially where we're like oh true freshman on the offensive line shouldn't play True freshman mid-year enrollees on the offensive line probably can't play. I think Ken Jones has insane, like a hell of a potential. But I'm not too sold on him contributing early, mainly because he was a mid-year enrolle. That, that's my thing. Like, you have to learn everything on the offensive line. You have to develop a chemistry with these guys, and I don't think you could have done that through just fall camp. Bryce Lovett was, I believe, the lowest-rated offensive lineman in this Florida Gators class. He was one of the lowest-rated freshmen. In this class, but again, he was someone who, when he joined, it was like, well, he's got potential to be a, a starter quality SEC offensive lineman. But one big selling point with him with him was his versatility, and then you could take swing tackles, you could take swing guard. Like like adding players that can fill multiple spots on the depth chart is huge for the Florida Gators, and so I think that was one of the main selling points with Bryce Lovett. There, very much looking forward to seeing what he can become with SEC strength conditioning program he's at a rockledge so i'm very much looking forward to watching what bryce lovett can become but this is a class where i think you got two guys who are going to be relatively early contributors two guys who are potential ads and you're looking at an offensive line that you brought in a lot of transfers that means that they don't have four years of development to work with you got a couple years with them and then they're probably gone so you need these bodies that are on the depth chart down the depth chart working to work their way up and become replacement level player or become replacement caliber players at that point. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Brian Smith and talking interior defensive line for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants, Country NFL 33. And I'll see you all tomorrow.